Hi, we've got three stories from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about some of the weirdest types of planets in our galaxy, the right way to tap on a can of soda to keep it from exploding, and whether you can actually taste how strong a drink is. Let's satisfy some curiosity on the award-winning Curiosity Daily. Remember that time on this podcast when we talked about how there might be such a thing as a donut-shaped planet? Well, not all weird planets are hypothetical. Today, we're going to dive into some of the weirdest types of planets in our galaxy that we may have actually discovered. I'll start with hot Neptunes and hot Jupiters. Those are objects the size of Neptune or Jupiter that orbit close to their home star. We know about one hot Neptune called GJ436b. It's about 10.2 parsecs away from Earth, orbiting around a red dwarf. Now, when planets like these fly too close to their sun, their atmospheres burn off really quickly. And by close, I mean about 2% of Earth's distance from our sun. And when the atmosphere burns away completely, the planet turns into what's called a Thonian planet. That's spelled with a silent CH at the beginning. They're named for the Greek word Thonios, which refers to the Greek deities of the underworld. And we found one of these planets called Koro 7b. It's a rocky planet seven times the size of Earth and nearly five times its mass. And astronomers think it used to be a gas giant the size of Saturn. Now, if you think orbiting close to a star is bad, then how about orbiting near a pulsar? A pulsar is a rapidly rotating neutron star, which is the super dense core that gets left over after a massive star explodes in a supernova. Any planets around a pulsar would have either had to be there before or after the supernova, and both options are pretty unlikely. That's why less than 1% of pulsars have been found to host planets. And yet, A pulsar is exactly where we found our first ever exoplanet. Weird, right? I'm talking about what we call pulsar planets, and we discovered two of them way back in 1992. They orbit a pulsar in the Virgo constellation that's about 2,300 light years away. Definitely no weekend trip. You can read about more weird planets in our full write-up on Curiosity.com and on our free Curiosity app for Android and iOS. But here's one more for you. Rogue planets. They don't orbit any star. And it's estimated that there are at least 400 billion rogue planets in our galaxy alone. They're hard to detect since we usually find planets by tracking the way their home star dims as they pass in front of it. But last year, we found one that's more than 20% bigger than Jupiter and nearly 13 times its mass. Unfortunately, scientists opted out of calling it Rogue One and went for a much catchier name. Simp J O thirteen six five six six three O nine three three four seven three. You know. Yeah, the plus in the middle of the name is silent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you tap your soda can before you open it? Have you ever wondered why that's a thing? If you don't know what I'm talking about, here's the deal. Rumor has it that if you tap on a can of soda or pop, if you grew up here in the Midwest like me, then it will not explode. And technically, that's true. But you might be doing it wrong. Ashley, do you do this? It probably won't be surprising to you that early on in elementary school, I decided that everybody was being fooled by this and I would just open cans without tapping because I thought it was useless. Did they ever explode on you? I mean, they exploded on people who tapped on them, so it doesn't really (laughs) matter. So you don't do that anymore? I stopped tapping on cans long ago, yes. All right. Well, next time I shake up a can, maybe you'll want to change your mind after learning about this story. Well, I hope you don't shake up a can before you give it to me. I probably won't do that. (laughs) Well, I am a can tapper, but I will admit I've been doing it wrong. And I'll explain why you may have been doing it wrong as well, listening to this. 
Before I can explain how the tapping works, you need to understand what makes soda fizz in the first place. Bubbles in soda are made of carbon dioxide gas, or CO2. Cans are pressurized to keep that CO2 fully dissolved in the liquid. Once you open the can, the pressure drops and that lets the CO2 form back into gas, rise up to the top of the liquid, and escape into the surrounding air. It's actually pretty hard for CO2 to form bubbles in an undisturbed can of soda. That's because the liquid's surface tension, combined with the pressure, makes it take a lot of energy for the gas molecules to separate the liquid molecules. But if you shake the can, turbulence creates bubbles. Once a bubble is formed, it's a lot easier for that bubble to get bigger. And that's because the larger the bubble's surface area, the less energy you need to break surface tension and increase the number of molecules inside. Diet sodas fizz even more, by the way, because when they use aspartame for a sweetener, aspartame acts as a surfactant, and it lowers the surface tension of the soda much more than sugar or corn syrup does. With less surface tension, gas dissolved in diet soda needs less energy to form bubbles, and that results in way more foam than full sugar sodas. This brings us back to tapping a soda can. Does it work? Well, it can, but not if you tap the top. See, when turbulence forms bubbles, they tend to stick to the side of the can. The idea is that if you can free those bubbles, they'll rise to the top and form one big bubble. That means when you open the can, that big bubble escapes harmlessly instead of taking a bunch of liquid up with it. So, tap on the sides of your can to try to free those bubbles. That is the secret. If you're fascinated by soda, then we've got some good news. You can actually learn how to make naturally carbonated sodas with some help from today's sponsor, Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community for creators with more than 25,000 classes in design, business, and more. With Skillshare, you'll discover countless ways to fuel your curiosity, creativity, and career. And apparently, carbonation. Our soda story made us thirsty, so Cody and I did a quick search on Skillshare and found a class called Let's Make Soda. It's taught by a small batch beer and soda maker, and it's simple and straightforward. Based on how easy it was to pick up on the first couple classes, I'm guessing we might be offering a Curiosity Cola within just a few weeks. And on Skillshare, you can take classes on way more topics than cooking, like social media marketing, mobile photography, creative writing, or even illustration. And today, you can join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare with a special offer just for Curiosity Daily listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right. Skillshare is offering Curiosity Daily listeners two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash curiosity. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash curiosity to start your two months now. One more time, that's Skillshare.com slash curiosity. When it comes to the taste of alcohol, research suggests that most of us are actually pretty bad at telling how strong a drink is. Listen up, because if you think your taste buds know best when it comes to judging the strength of your drinks, then you might want to think again. Are you good at this? I mean, clearly I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I feel like this is a really important thing for people to know, because a lot of the time, if you're drinking a drink and you can't taste the alcohol, you're liable to drink way more than you should. Right, because you think, well, there can't be very much in here because I can't taste it. Right. But that's not true. Exactly. So studies done in the 1980s showed that people can't really tell the difference between regular beer, light beer, and even non-alcoholic beer. And a 2013 study showed that wine drinkers couldn't tell the difference in alcohol content in different wines either. But let's focus on mixed drinks. Starting with a 2014 study published in the journal Alcoholism, Clinical and Experimental Research. 
This study found that how well people can distinguish the strength of a cocktail depends on how much alcohol is in it. Roughly 60 to 70% of volunteers could tell the difference between plain orange juice and orange juice with a splash of vodka. And the same number could tell the difference between a Pilsner with 0.5% alcohol and a wheat beer with 5% alcohol. They were slightly worse at actually judging how much alcohol was in each drink. But once the alcohol content started climbing, people started failing. Only 40% of volunteers could tell the difference between vodka and orange juice at 40% alcohol by volume versus 50%. A 2017 study found that college students couldn't do much better. In that study, less than 60% of volunteers could order vodka drinks from strongest to weakest on their first try. And in a second experiment, so-called super tasters were able to correctly rank the strength of sweet drinks, but not vodka tonics. When it comes to judging the strength of your drinks, don't trust your taste buds. Instead, take time between drinks to see how they're affecting you, drinking water in the meantime. If you keep a level head, you're more likely to make it a night to remember. That's all for today, but you can keep learning all weekend on Curiosity.com. This weekend, you'll learn about why flashes of light appear on the moon every few hours, the trick to making your bed like a soldier, why you never hear about heart cancer, one verb with more meanings than any other word in English, a cemetery with the world's funniest gravestones, and more. If there's something else you're curious about, then email your question to podcast at curiosity.com. We might answer your question on a future episode. Come hang out with us again Sunday on the award-winning Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Ashley Hamer. And I'm Cody Goff. Have a great weekend. And stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.